everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast where Act 2, Scene 2 of Journey's End. As I said in the podcast introduction that hopefully you've listened to, um, I'm using the Penguin edition of the text. Uh, the ISBN number is 978-0141-183268. As I said, this is the uh, edition that you're going to be using in the exam. So if you haven't got this copy, um, if you can, it's worthwhile grabbing a hold of online. Uh, today, we're going to be working through pages 50 to 64 in the text. Um, we'll be going through page by page. Now, um, in scene two, we can, I think, broadly break this scene into five distinct episodes. Um, there's a conversation between the Sergeant Major and Stanhope. There's the conversation then between Stanhope and the Colonel. Um, we have the argument and the fight between Stanhope and Hibbert as the as the third part. Uh, and then Stanhope and Osborne talk about the raid that's about to happen. And then the last thing that we're going to look at today is um, Osborne and um, his reflection. And it's our first reference, actually, in the play to Alice in Wonderland. Now, if you've not read Alice in Wonderland or know anything about Alice in Wonderland, it's worth doing a little bit of research into that because it's quite pertinent. And it's, um, yeah, it, it appears again in Act 3, Scene 1. So let's start. We'll have a look at 50 to 54 to begin with. Um, the first task that I'd like you to do, actually, once we've, once we've looked through these pages, um, if you haven't already, and I know that some of you will have done this in class with me, is I want you to look at the conversations between the, the Sergeant Major and Stanhope and then between Stanhope and the Colonel. And I want you to list the similarities between both conversations. Um, what do you think Sheriff is trying to illustrate here? You want to have a look at the language, you want to have a look at what topics they talk about and, and what they actually physically do as well throughout these two conversations. Okay, so let's start and have a look at page 50. So time, again, we've looked at this in great detail before. If we're looking down at where um, Stanhope says, uh, we must expect this attack on Thursday morning at dawn. That's the second dawn from now. They're measuring time in sunrises. Why? That's something that I want you to be reflecting on. Okay, um, rugby terminology is used here. You want to be underlining um, flanks, exposed flanks, and both flanks towards the bottom of this page. Uh, a flank is a position in rugby. It's kind of like when you run down the wings. Um, and the fact that the Sergeant Major and Stan Hope have, have that understanding um, is, is important. It's almost as if here, um, when Stan Hope is relaying the information to the Sergeant Major, that they're discussing tactics. Um, again, with this allusion to the fact that they're, they're about to play a game. And if you haven't looked at Jesse Pope's poem already, which I know that most of you have done, Who's for the Game? Again, this is a really, really clear link that Sheriff is making to uh, be between his experience in the war and Jesse Pope's poem. Um, if we move on then to page 51, there's a very clear tacit understanding between the Sergeant Major and Stan Hope. Um, what I mean by that is that they both know what is going to happen in this attack, but neither of them are willing to explicitly say it out loud. Um, you know, if, we, if we're looking here, it's, it's inevitable. Um, we might delay the advance a whole day. Might delay, you've got that modal verb there, might. Um, they know it's not going to be stopped. They might delay it, but they're not going to stop it. The Sergeant Major says, what happens when the Bosch has got all round the back of us? What happens when? 
the bosh has got around the back of us, not if, but when it's inevitable. Okay, Sergeant Major pretends to make a note about advancing and winning the war. Obviously, it's it's quite ironic there. Um, and then Stanhope reiterates the fact our orders are to stick here. If you're told to stick where you are, you don't make plans to retire. And the Sergeant Major replies, quite, sir. They know that this is it, that this is the end. As an audience, we know there's no coming back from this at all. Then the Colonel shows up at the bottom of page 51 and Stanhope is okay, I'll, I'll, I'll write, I'll, I'll come up, showing the respect that he has for the Colonel. He's not expecting the Colonel to come to him in the way that the Sergeant Major came to Stanhope. Stanhope is willing to move um, and, 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 and meet the Colonel upstairs. But the Colonel decides on page 52 that actually, nope, he will come down and speak to Stanhope in private. Um, obviously here we've got every occasion demands a drink and we are given a deadline towards the bottom of page 52 um, where we then know that the attack is most certainly likely to come on Thursday morning. Um, this, this conversation, the fact that the Colonel is relaying information from higher up the chain. Um, I think Sheriff here really starts to let his his politics invade the play. Um, it's about the attitudes towards high-ranking but noticeably absent soldiers and politicians. The people that are making these decisions, the people that are putting these soldiers' lives on the line with seemingly little care are nowhere near the front line. They're just numbers, they're just bodies, and they, they're expendable. And so the fact that Sheriff is talking about this here through the conversation between Stanhope and the Colonel is really quite important. Um, something that you might want to watch, and again, I'll put this onto the notes page for you, uh, on YouTube is um, Plan A, Captain Cook, brilliant plan. Um, it's a clip from Blackadder. I know that I've shown it in class um, to, to some of you. It's, again, it's a similarly scathing but really funny take on the orders that are being given by people higher up. All right, so definitely have a look at that. Um, we move on then to page 53, and we see here the Colonel's attitude towards Stanhope. If we look at the line where he says, Oh no, Stanhope, I, I can't let you go. No, I want one officer to direct the raid and one to make the dash in and collar some bosh. Let's have a look at the punctuation and the repetition of the I. He stutters. I, I can't let you go. The dash that's used there, um, the punctuation, is that pause, that reflection, that the colonel can't let Stanhope go. He's far too important. Um, he doesn't want to risk losing him. Stanhope has a name and a face and a worth to the Colonel, which the other men who are expendable to him obviously don't have. That pause there allows for some reflection, um, allows them to think. Okay, um, The fact is, is the Colonel's attitude towards the raid as well, dashing and collar some bosh. He makes it sound so easy. But Stanhope and the Colonel both know that actually what's going to happen here 
is people will die. They are going, there are going to be casualties. People are either going to be severely injured or die. Um, we get told at the bottom of page 53 as well, Stano tries, tries to save save Raleigh, tries to save, tries to save Osborne by saying, why not send a good sergeant, sir? Um, and, and the colonel turns around and says, no, I don't think a sergeant. The men expect officers to lead a raid. So there's an expectation there of leading by example, uh, which is slightly ironic given the fact that the people that are making these orders, making these plans, are not leading by example. They are not there, they're not in the trenches, they're not willing to do the job themselves. I think at then at the top of page 54, let me move on to there, um, Stanhope's feelings towards Raleigh become really, really clear. He tries to plead with the colonel to not send him. Um, he's awfully new to it all. It's rotten to send a fellow who's only just arrived. And the only reason that Stanhope allows for Raleigh to take part in this raid is when the colonel suggests, well, actually, maybe we'll send somebody from another regiment. Stanhope's pride um, in his company here is very evident when he quickly says oh lord no we'll do it and that stage direction there quickly oh lord no we'll do it is very important because he jumps in before the colonel can change his mind okay um the colonel further down halfway down page 54 says it's all a damn nuisance but after all it's necessary a uh, couple of things here a damn nuisance it might be a damn nuisance for the colonel but these are these are men's lives and we know the background of these men now. We know that they're fathers, that they're husbands, um, that they have other lives, they have other people dependent on them, but it's just with the, the, this, this, this lack of regard for life, oh, it's just a damn nuisance. Something that maybe you want to have a look at those words in a little bit more detail. And then he says, but after all, it's necessary. Well, is it necessary? Something that we're, we're going to discuss later on is, was the raid worth it? Considering the casualties that, that, they, that they have at the end of the raid, considering obviously we know that Osborne dies during this raid, the information that they get from the German soldier, was that necessary information? Again, something that you might want to be, might want to be thinking about there. Towards the bottom of page 54, um, we have so the colonel disappears. He disappears back to um, back to his comfortable abode, and Hibbert comes quietly into the dugout from the tunnel leading from his sleeping quarters. Now we've been waiting for this. We're expecting a conflict, and we've been waiting for this since page twenty-eight, twenty-nine in the play. So again, we know in terms of where the tension has been growing. This is something that has been growing steadily for a while. Uh, moving then on to page 55. Um, what I want you to do, another task for you, and again, this will be in the notes section, is I want you to look really carefully at Sheriff's use of stage directions from page 55 to 59, please. And I want you to make lists of those. I could do it for you, but I'm going to give you some work to do on this. I want you to list the stage directions that Sheriff uses for the character of Hibbert and Stanhope separately. And then look at the number of stage directions that are given, as, as well as the stage directions themselves. So what do you think this illustrates? What is Sheriff trying to do here through the stage directions? 
Okay. So page 55 then, uh, Stanhope said earlier that he would go to the doctor and he has, he's kept to his word. Um, he is completely and utterly unsympathetic at this point. Um, and further down the page, as you can see on page 55, uh, he takes out his revolver and he stands casually examining it. He is ready to shoot. I, I, I believe, I believe that, I, that Stanhope would shoot. Hibbert. I, th I think that that is an actual possibility. I don't think that this is any sort of idle threat. Um, he doesn't want anyone in his company to leave. He would rather kill them than for them to desert and for his company to be known as a company, to have the reputation as a company where people actually desert and run away and go AWOL. Okay. Um, page 56 then we get into some real physical violence here he's threatening stanhope is um attacked by hibbert when he strikes blindly at stanhope stanhope catches the stick tears it from hibbert's hands smashes it across his knee and throws it on the ground and the argument that ensues between them as I said, is incredibly important. This is where you're going to be taking those stage directions from from that, from that task. If you went, I'd have you shot for deserting. Do you understand? You, des you don't deserve to be shot by accident, but I'd save you the disgrace of the other way. I'd give you half a minute to decide. So here you want to be thinking about how the director is going to play this out. If I was directing this, um, I'd be doing this in real time. I would make sure that the actor that is playing Stanhope has got a watch on and that they actually count down from 30. Why do you think that might be an important way of delivering these lines? What's What would be important about making the 30 seconds, the 15 seconds, the 10 seconds, then the five seconds, what's important about doing that in real time? You might completely disagree with me, which is which is absolutely fine. You might want to lengthen it. You might want to shorten it. I would, I would play it in real time. But again, have a think about that. We've moved down into seconds. Um, we jump around in time. There's nothing consistent about the timings that are used within the play whether we're looking at the fact that things are done um, in sunrises and dawns the day after tomorrow. The, the, the colonel is still working in days. The men are working almost in hours and minutes. If we look back at Trotter's timetable that he's, you know, with the little circles that he's crossing through every single day. Um, so, as I said, we're now into seconds. Hibbert breaks down and confides in Stanhope, I'm different to the others, I can't bear it any longer, I'd rather die here. He doesn't know whether the, la the next sound that he's going to hear is his last. Stanhope then confides into Hibbert, I feel the same, we all feel like you do sometimes. My question to you here then is, why now? What is Stanhope acutely aware of in terms of the next few days that maybe um, Hibbert isn't quite as aware of. He's happy to confide in him now. 
even though before he's described him as a little worm. And actually later on, we find out that he describes him in exactly the same way. So while he is, while he looks, I suppose, quite genuine in this conversation, we're very, we're very soon to find out that actually he doesn't, he doesn't like Hibbert at all. So why is he doing it now? That line, we all feel like you do sometimes, is incredibly important. Please make sure that that is underlined. It's, it's representation of the war in general. Okay, page 58 then. Interesting here that we have got the, 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 the personal, the, the pronoun, the inclusive pronoun, we. Shall we go on together? We know how we both feel now. Shall we see if we can stick it together? What is Sheriff doing? Why is that inclusive pronoun important? We're actually going to see it contrasted with um, some divisive pronouns later on. Um, Hibbert, what does it matter? It's all so, so beastly. Nothing matters. Again, this is a statement that could be applied to the war in general about the futility of the war. Hibbert tries to get out of it. Please let me go, Stanhope. Stanhope then plays on Hibbert's guilt. He names people. He reminds Hibbert that it's not just a group of men up there. It would be Osborne, it would be Trotter, it would be Raleigh who he would be letting down. He names the soldiers, he makes them people. Hibbert has disconnected himself from this at this point. So by putting a face back on to the people that he'll be letting down is really quite important there. Okay, page 59. Once they decide that they're going to have 10 minutes rest, the wonderful Mason enters. Um, we now know that the tension has been broken again. Mason has this is, is used by Sheriff throughout the, throughout the play to punctuate areas of tension. And um, it's something that you would probably be good to watch is again, and I'll put the link on the note sheet, is again from Blackadder, it's uh, rat saute or fricassee. Um, again, very funny in terms of food and cooking within the trenches. It's, it's, it's worthwhile having a look. Towards the end of page 59, you want to be, I think, highlighting in terms of the uh, stage directions, the amount of pauses pause, pause, and there is another pause. Um, it shows here as well, right at the bottom, oh, there is another pause. Why rally? Even Osborne, even though this is the second day that rally has been there, Osborne feels this fatherly responsibility towards rally. Um, On to page 60. If we have a look here, um, where it says, um, Osborne says, sorry, not Osborne, Stanhope says, out of the sap on our left, straight across. Um, the sap is a covered trench that allows um, the men to approach the enemy in a more protected way. Um, obviously, covered trenches were, you know, time-consuming and very difficult to build, so they would only be only be built in areas where they'd be going forward to attack the enemy. Um, the the talk emmas that are mentioned there as well is a TM four. It's a trench mortar, so that's what that's what that means. And then, if we move further down the page, um, 
Stanhope and Osborne as they're talking about what's going to be happening for this raid. Osborne says, you'll ask for volunteers, I suppose. And Stanhope replies, yes, I'll see the Sergeant Major and get him to go around for names. This um, illustrates Stanhope's popularity within the men. They will volunteer to go on the raid, even though they know that there's a good chance that they will either be killed or injured. There are still men within the company who are willing to go out there and um, and, and fight for Stanhope on his orders. Um, page 61, Trotter, again, showing the, the, the class divide between him and the other men. Um, recites the, the, the poem, Tell me, mother, what is that that looks like strawberry jam? Hush, hush, my dear, tis only pa run over by a tram. Um, this is uh, was written by somebody called Harry Graham from a book of Ruthless Rhymes, the sort of cheeky, funny, humorous poetry um, that's not highbrow. It would have been, you know, it would have entertained the masses. Again, very accessible they would be laughing at it. So again, shows shows Trotter's, Trotter's class level there. Um, Osborne informs Trotter about the raid that's going to happen. And even, even Trotter has a responsibility to rally. Um, they all feel a sense of responsibility to him. Trotter says, but he's only just come. Osborne, apparently that's the reason. Um, Trotter, though, takes it as a bit, oh, come on then, it's a bit of gossip. Uh, let's hear all about it. Osborne replies, I know nothing yet except that it's to be done. And Trotter then uh, reiterates, echoes the, the, the lines from the Colonel, what a damn nuisance. Have a think about why would Sheriff do that? Why would those, why would those lines be, be, um, be reiterated by somebody else within the dugout? Moving on to page 62, at the top, um, Trotter says, in the night, the Bosch went out and tied bits of red rag on each side of the hole. Um, the, the red rags are, and we hear about them later on as well, from the Colonel. Um, they're, the German army are taunting the British army. The, the red rags uh, basically signify death there as well. Okay. Um, again, funny in terms of the onion tea cropping up. Um, between between Mason and Trotter, um, but yeah, so that's that's basically it for that page. Towards the bottom of page sixty-two, though, here we go. We have um, another having a look at Alice's adventures in Wonderland. Trotter is astounded that Osborne would be reading it at all because he says, "Why, that's a kids' book. You aren't reading it. Yes, what a kids' book? Haven't you read it?" And Trotter scornfully, "No." So even though he's happy to recite these these revolting rhymes that he has got, these uh, ruthless rhymes by Harry Graham, he doesn't understand why um, why Osborne would take solace in you know very very good literature written by Lewis Carroll. Um, Osborne says you ought to read it, and reads out the poem: How doth the little crocodile improve his shining tail? and pour the waters of the Nile on every golden scale. How cheerfully he seems to grin and neatly spread his claws, and welcomes little fishes in with gently smiling jaws. Trotter says, after a moment, I don't see no point in that. Exactly, says Osborne. That's just the point. 
So who are the little fishes? Why has Sheriff included this poem? And we see, as I said, Lewis Carroll again in Act 3, Scene 1, when we, when we move on through the play. Um, towards the end of this page, Hibbert and Stanhope are going to be going up to the trench together. Um, and I think that last line on page 63, ready Hibbert, come on my lad, makes me question, well, how old is Hibbert? Because we know that, that Stanhope is 21. Hibbert is in his early 20s. There's not much difference between the two of them, if anything. If anything, there's a good chance that Hibbert's actually older than Stanhope. So the fact that he says, come on my lad, caring, fatherly, is it a bit of an act? Is he showing how much of a leader he actually is? Then we move on to page 64, last page in this, um, in this, in this, uh, in this scene, in this act. Um, they're writing their last letters home. Um, you can see here that Osborne feels it incredibly keenly. Trotter's trying to engage him in conversation and Osborne shuts him down. Yes, I say, do you mind? I just wanted to get a letter off. Trotter apologises. Oh, sorry, they haven't collected the letters yet then. Not yet. And Trotter, I'll get one off to my old lady. She's wrote and asked if I've got fleas. Okay, so we, we, we get it here that Osborne is acutely aware that this might be the last time he ever gets to write home to his family. Um, but then, very quickly, when Raleigh enters the tent, sorry, Raleigh enters the dugout, we see his naivety. It's a game to him. He's, he, he, he thinks it's an honour. When he says, it's frightfully exciting. And were you and I picked specially? Yes, I say. So actually here, when he says, you know, we'd be picked specially and I say, um, the, he's, he's, he's actually, you know, showing that he's exactly the sort of man that the Colonel wanted for it. If we look back onto page 54, he's there saying, oh, you know, we, he's just the type. He's got plenty of guts. Being picked for rally, as I said, is an honour. Osborne knows pretty much that this could be his death sentence. So we're there at the end of the act, end of this scene. If we think about the themes that we've covered here, courage and cowardice, conflict, um, the dugout mirrors what's happening in the outside. Um, time, again, has been used throughout. And futility. Um, we know what's going to happen. We're all very aware of it. And as I said before, what we're going to be looking at in Act 3 is, was 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 the raid worth it? Um, final task that I want you to do. Now, if you've been in my classes, you've, you, you've, you're already aware of what this is. I want you to create a tension graph for this act. If you're not sure what a tension graph is, it's okay. There's instructions on the note sheet. I want you to track for me each of the five threads that I mentioned at the beginning. So the five threads, if you haven't written them down, please do so. I'll repeat them for you now. The first one is the conversation between the Sergeant Major and Stanhope. The second one is the conversation between Stanhope and the Colonel. The third is the fight, the argument between Stanhope and Hibbert. The fourth is the, is when Stanhope and Osborne talk about the raid. And then the fifth, when Osborne um, makes that first reference 
to Alice in Wonderland and writes that final letter home. Okay, as I said before, if you've got any questions, please email me. It's l.nixon underscore cia at gemsedu.com. Um, I'll be on my emails. As I said before, if we get enough questions asking about the same things, then what I'll do is I will um, obviously just record the answers because if one of you's got a question, the chances are that 10 of you are probably thought about the same thing. Um, I hope this has been useful to you. If there's anything else that you want me to be including in the podcasts, then please let me know. I hope I haven't bored you too much as we're getting on for half an hour now of having to listen to my listen to my voice. Um, but yes, so obviously the next podcast that will be up, we'll, we'll be looking at Act 3, Scene 1. And I hope to have another voice join me here rather than me sat at my kitchen table. Hopefully I'll have somebody else who'll be able to provide your ears with um, some, some, I don't know, some different, some different tones, we will say. Okay, fantastic. I hope, as I said, this is, this has been good for you. Make sure that you go back if you've missed anything and make those annotations. Um, and we'll be looking towards the next couple of weeks, moving towards that first, that, that piece of coursework on Journey's End as well. I hope you're all well. And um, yes, and I really do hope to see you soon. Take care. Thank mm-hmm. you.